Hey, welcome back to episode 5 of Freak Like Tea. In the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, because bands can't tour anymore, the next best thing for you to do as fans to support the musicians you love is buy their band merchandise. This week I got to interview Royal Bliss frontman Neil Middleton. Now, Royal Bliss are a hard rock band from Salt Lake City. They've just had the amazing news that they've been signed to Explorer One Records and are currently on their self-titled album. So here it is. Hey! <laughs> we made it work. How you been doing? Doing great. Doing really good, actually. We just signed a we just signed a record deal. So. Oh, you did? No way. Who yeah. is? Uh, have you heard of Explorer One? I think they I think they're actually they have an office in the UK. Of, I think one of the guys in Iron Maiden part of it. So yeah, I don't know. it's pretty cool though. I'm That's excited. exciting. When was that? Was that today then? We just signed uh, two nights ago, but we announced it today. The press release went out this afternoon. And that's going to do quite a lot of, obviously, good stuff for your your career here on out then, isn't it? I hope. You never know. <laughs> you know, it's like we've been with Capitol Records before. Yeah. We signed with them, and, and that was okay. But then that's when they got bought off by EMI and kind of crumbled and ended up being kind of a messy deal so it kind of screwed us in the end but like i explained in my message because touring now can't really happen um the next source of income for bands is their band merch really um so what i kind of want to do is i want to put coronavirus aside for now and sort of go back in nostalgia and i want to talk about what kind of things you were listening to when when you were growing up oh man uh, you know, music is, I was talking to my wife the other day, we went back because there was a thing on Facebook or something, uh, we're saying like, what was the song that was number one in 91 or something like that, or like way, just a long time ago. Yeah. And we went back and listened to a lot of those songs and we realized that, you know, some of the first music we remembered were when we were going through junior high and high school and, because I think that's when you start to relate to songs. You start to relate to the music and relate to the lyrics. And there were so many bands for me growing up. Pearl Jam was a huge influence on me. Uh, just an amazing band. And I, I went and saw them live quite a few times and just blew my mind how good they are live and, and the emotion they put in their music. Um, so yeah, Pearl Jam is probably number one for me, but believe it or not, there's a band called Crash Test Dummies. Do you remember those guys? I've heard of that name before. Can't say I know of any songs. <laughs> kind of a weird band to have as be an influence, but my brother, so my brother growing up, he, I, I love singing, but he would always kind of tease me about singing. Yeah. Would give me different guys, like, you'll never be able to sound like Eddie Vedder. You'll never be able to sound like this guy. Yeah. And the guy from Crash Test Dummies had that super low, like, if you remember that song, the once there was this kid who, like, yeah, one of those weird low voice. And so as a challenge to my brother, I'm like, whatever, man, I'm going to figure out how to sing like that guy. So I did. But then I fell in love with the music. Mm. Um, and then, like, growing up, my brother was also, you know, huge in, into Guns and Roses and Iron Maiden, Metallica, and, and, you know, I mean, just all those those 80s rock bands. And, and uh, so I grew up on one of my first tapes, cassette tapes, with White Snake back in the day. Yes, love and, it. But it was a, a big mix for me. It was like Beastie Boys and White Snake. 
DMC, Run DMC and Led Zeppelin and you know my my, my listening, everything I listened to was all over the place. And it was just whatever mood I was in. Yeah, of course. So when you were growing up, um, did you have any of their band shirts at all? Did you have pieces of merchandise that you that you buy from them? Oh yeah, yeah. I had. Uh, I remember the, the Guns N' Roses, the OG Guns N' Roses shirt with the cross and the foreheads, the, the skull yes, heads. I'm, I want to get that tattooed on me soon. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that. I had I had a metal cross that I wear around my neck, and uh, the Def Leppard shirt as well. A hysteria. I had that shirt. So many kids are trying to get in. <laughs> and um, I had an ACDC shirt that I loved. And it's funny, my son. My son, he's twelve now, but he he rocks a Megadeth shirt, an old school Megadeth shirt. I love that. And uh, yeah, he plays drums and bass, so it's pretty cool to watch him kind of have his favorite merchandise yeah. every concert that we go to that i take him to we've been to megadeth and offspring and we've been to uh i'm trying to think we've been to a bunch of shows three he loves 311 um but and, and that's one of the things we bond mm -hmm. as like a father and son i never went to come too much with my my parents but like taking him at a young age and he always wants to be in the pit and we buy those shirts and I think, you know, as he grows up, he doesn't he doesn't want to throw those away. He wants yeah. to, you know, he looks at those shirts and remembers that moment going to a concert with his parents or going to a concert with his dad. And so I have no problem buying any of those T-shirts. And they're his favorite shirts. He wears them all yeah. the time. And like for me, too, I look at him and be like, that's pretty cool. My son's rocking that Megadeth shirt. And I wonder if he remembers the concert that we went to. And, and I know he does. So for me, is I... I, I I never got to see Guns N' Roses live, but I rocked their shirts every day because I wanted to know. I wanted all the other kids to know that you know I was I was a rocker. I loved it. Yeah. My older brother was a rocker, so it's, I wish I still had that shirt because it was the original one from that year. But oh, I love that. I would have I would have loved to see Guns N' Roses in their heyday. I finally got to see them in two thousand and seventeen. Oh, that's awesome. And I got into them when I was like nine. I'm twenty two now. So when I first got into them they weren't together again so like as me being like a nine-year-old like an angsty teen i was raging that i'd never get to see them again so when i finally got to see them i bought like three different band shirts and the poster and all the merchandise i could get my hands on while i was there but you have to you know yeah. those moments because you never know especially with a volatile band like that you never mm -hmm. know if it'll be the last time like we did the kiss cruise and so we got kiss shirts and i'm like yeah i'm holding on to this kiss shirt because you never know, it's like the Kiss Cruise, that was that from that event, and that's the greatest thing about merchandise is, hopefully, if you're like me or my kids, you remember the moment that you bought that shirt. You, it takes you back, just like the songs do, it takes you back to that time, you know, where it's like, oh, I remember being at this show, I remember even, I remember this song, and I remember that song, and I remember what Axl Rose did at this moment, and that's the cool thing, it's like a piece of history of your yeah. life. Just like the music is. So your um, latest album, self-titled, your front cover is of like a lion, and your merchandise also obviously um, embellishes that as well. So is there a kind oh, yeah. of story behind your own merchandise, the sort of designs you've got on those and your artwork too? Um, our drummer does all of our artwork, and it's always based on inspiration from our music and where we're at in life. You know, I mean, a lot of our titles of our albums, you know, Chasing the Sun, Waiting Out the Storm, After the Chaos. But this one was just Royal Bliss, Royal Bliss. And we thought, you know, the king of 
the beast, you know, the lion, yeah. and that he's, you know, like the royalty aspect of that, and the fact, you know, here we are, pretty late in our career, still doing what we do and having success at it, you know, at an at extreme high level. So we attribute, you know, us being like a lion and never giving up. And so our artwork, you know, it always kind of, you know, like when I look at it, I've never had a Royal Bliss tattoo. And I think that's going to be the first tattoo that I get is that lion. Because cool. I absolutely love it. And it makes me think of strength and mm-hmm. perseverance and, uh, you know, domination. And, and you got to dominate yourself and understand yourself. And, and it's those small things like we're, we're artists, you know, from our music to the designs we put on our albums. Like I remember growing up and I love looking at the records. and I love the art designs on different T-shirts and things like that because there's artistry in it. Also, well, you mentioned earlier that so you grew up listening to a lot of different genres. Um, and I noticed as well that with your latest single... Um, smoking weed in my underwear and <laughs> all the other songs as well it seems every record seems to have different subgenres attached to it yeah so sort of tell me a bit more in detail about the making of this particular record well this record it, it wasn't we didn't intentionally go in to record a record it was We'd go in for a couple of days and record a few songs. And then another month or two later, we'd go in and record a couple more songs. And, and we did that over the course of the year about, and just when we weren't on tour, we'd be like, let's get back in the studio. Or, or And some of the times we wouldn't even have a song written. And we'd write it the day before, like hard and loud. We wrote it the night before we went in. And that was our first top 40 in years. But I wrote the lyrics on a lot of those songs while I was in the studio, while we were recording. And so then when we were done with it, like, we kind of, we all looked at it and we're just like, well, hey, we have a full album's worth of music here. Let's just put out a record. For us, there's, a, I, I hate to say it, but there's kind of a recipe in our records mm. where, you know, the, and it's, it's just the way we write. But there's always like a couple aggressive songs. There's a couple mid-tempo this, uh, this record had a little bit more aggression in it. I think we needed to say some things. And then there always ends up being like that smoking weed my underwear song. Like we have a song called I Was Drunk that is a big song. And a song called Home. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of our, I don't know, our drunken sing-along songs that are always at the end of the record. And it's kind of been a staple for us. So it's, uh, I don't, we never intentionally write anything it just kind of happens you know I, I write the lyrics for where i'm at in my life yeah. what's going on at that particular moment so whatever comes out of me it's just kind of what i'm going through at that point in time and i'm smoking weed in my underwear i was in the back of our tour bus after playing a oktoberfest concert in wisconsin i was wearing later hosen and i was hammered drunk on the whiskey and i hadn't gone to bed yet and i was still awake in the back of the bus and my, uh, my sound guy was listening to me play the guitar. He was trying to sleep and couldn't sleep because I was too noisy. And he finally came back and his own door was like, uh, and he sparked up a bowl and he was just like, well, just smoking weed in my underwear. And I'm like, that's a song. <laughs> so then we, we sat and wrote the song right there and then it ended up making a record. Also, I've noticed as well, a lot of bands at the moment are doing specifically coronavirus t-shirts. Yep. Um, uh, I can see at the moment that yours is sold out already. Yeah. Which is great. pretty cool. How's how's that feel getting that one to 
obviously that's the main one that gives you the most income at the moment so yeah yeah um it's it's i didn't you know it's it's sensitive you know at this point like you don't want to like try to exploit something that's terrible but it's also a moment in history you know this shirt we would never make this shirt otherwise Hmm. and you know trying to make light of it you know it's it's kind of a it's walking a fine line there so i didn't we even, and we just made masks as well that yeah. were royal bliss masks, yeah, and those, they cool. sold out in ten minutes. I can see as well because I don't, I've not seen any other artists do the masks. I've mainly seen t-shirts, so that's yeah. ob- obviously amazing that you've also sold out of those so quickly too. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's tough. And that was another one we were like, do we want? But like we're suggesting to fans to buy them and donate them. You know, mm-hmm. donate them to you know healthcare facilities or to people that need them. And it's able to help us out because we're able to survive during this time yeah. and hopefully it'll help somebody out. Like a lot of people are buying three and four at a time and donating, well, keeping one and donating some. So it's actually worked out to be really good. And I mean, our fans are amazing. They're amazing people yeah. and and they get it. You know, they're, they know that we're not trying to take advantage of a situation. And right now, everybody should be wearing a mask. Yeah. You know, it makes sense. And why not have Royal Bliss on it? You know? <laughs> exactly. So, so, yeah, and then the COVID, the COVID shirt, you know, when Jake sent it, I'm like, uh, but, you know, it's Royal Bliss fighting against it. That's what we're, you know, are the best we know how. You know, we're not in the medical field. We don't, we can't really offer much besides the distraction, yeah. you know, besides our music, you know, and it's been really fun to you know play these live sets all over the place and take people away still i mean our, our job as musicians when we play a live show is to let people come to that venue and not think about anything else outside those walls we want to take them away so they're lost in the moment they're lost in mm-hmm. the music and so by you know playing the live sets and and uh things like that we're still kind of able to do it where if they're with their family in the living room watching it on yeah. tv or on a computer then you know we're doing our job and we're maybe they're not thinking about the, the future or thinking about everything that's going on right now and they're just enjoying the music so yeah, that's yeah. our job is to be the distraction because you've just done a live set from the royal is that what the venue is called yeah yeah, that's, yeah. We, we own that bar oh, okay so that makes sense royal. <laughs> that's our yeah right. not a big stretch on the name okay. yeah we opened that seven years ago with a partner of ours here that's so cool. It was, an, it was a way for us to be able to raise some money for the venue and our staff mm-hmm. and be able to keep the doors so we can be able to open the doors because, I mean, it struck hard when the band lost all its income and then the bar lost all its income. It was like, oh, crap. But by playing there, we're going to try to do a full rock set there and hopefully yeah. it'll turn out good. Yeah, because it's cool that, you, that you're still doing it in the venue, not just from your homes, like obviously a lot of musicians are having to do at the moment. So also yeah. in terms of keeping the public distracted, keeping you distracted, what other sorts of um, tricks do you have up your sleeve to get through this? I mean, just writing music. Mm. I mean, and luckily we just got this record deal, and the record deal, you know, we're, we got to put out a new album for these guys. Prime writing time. Yeah, exactly. Prime writing time, and there's a lot to write about. You know, mm. the emotions are high, the stress levels are high, and, and sometimes that's the best thing best time to write whenever you need to get stuff off your chest I mean it's always been my therapy so right now our distraction personally is to write music get in there and just pour it out and spend 
you know, on our own, and then we get together once or twice a week because we try not to, you know, we're trying to keep our distance as well and be respect respectful of that. Yeah. But you know, people are riding in their own time, and then we get together and rock out two hours and show each other our ideas. And but other than that, I mean, I've been riding my bike a lot. <laughs> Never really ridden a bike too much, so riding a bike and reading books. I don't really mm-hmm. read, so I've been reading a lot. What kind of thing are you reading? Um, I've been non-fiction mainly. Um, I actually have the book is sunk in the chair right here. It's this book <laughs> if you can see it. Okay. You would love this book. Um, so Sonic Warrior, A Life as a Rock and Roll Reprobate. Uh, if you can order that, yeah. do because it's Lou Brutus is a he's a DJ. Um, and he has a, a radio program called Hard Drive here in the States, and it's okay. a huge syndicated rock radios program. And he's one of the most intelligent, amazing guys you'll ever hear. And he's got some of the craziest stories of rock and roll that will just blow your mind. Yeah. Like it's so I would highly recommend that to any rock and roll lovers out there. He's got it'll make you laugh out loud. Um, and I read a book called This Is Your Brain on Music as well. Have you heard of that one? I rings a bell, I think. It's interesting. It's pretty deep. Okay. It's like the science of how music affects people. Hmm. And uh, so that was really good. And then just a bunch of other, like, a few, like, self-help books and a few entrepreneurial books. And hmm. I've been reading, you know, 10 to 20 pages a day, which is a lot for me. So it's... Uh, it's been really cool, though. Like, I've fallen in love. It's a new habit that I really yeah. like, and I'm gaining knowledge. That's pretty cool. It's a cool. good thing to do. I've brought up with me, because, so in the UK, we've got um, an actual government-enforced lockdown. I don't think the US has one yet. Not yet. No, so um, ours started two weeks ago, and we have to be like this until the end of the month. So the two books I've brought with me are a... Bon Scott biography and the Lemmy autobiography, which I've not read. Oh, nice! I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, that's awesome. Get this one, or like, can you get still get deliveries to your house? I think so. Yeah. Good. That's crazy. Like a lot of the states, there's only seven states that haven't done mandatory lockdowns in the United States. We're shelter and home, shelter in place, and we're one of the seven states in Utah. Um. But everybody else is a shelter in place right now. Uh, but we're supposed to stay home. We're not really supposed to go out. Yeah. But not a lot of people are totally listening to that. But I have a feeling it's coming. But we've, we've been, I think Utah's done a really good job. And, uh, I think we only have 20 deaths so far in the state. So okay. that's really good. That's not bad at all. Yeah. But I think 1,600 cases or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time. It's really strange. But I think that the one thing, I try to look at the positives of it. Yeah. And, you know, like being out on my bike, we're allowed to go out and do trails and stuff. You can't play at playgrounds or anything, but, so my kids are bummed. But um, the pollution here is, like, non-existent right now. The pollution, yeah. like, the guys are clear and people are actually outside enjoying time together as a family. But it's also the fact that, we're all going through this as a world. It's not just the United States. It's not just my city. It's not just my state. Like every every person in the world right now is affected by this disease. So it's something that the whole world, as a as a unit, as one people, are going to go through together. And ho- hopefully, we all come out of it 
on the other side with a, a better understanding of each other that we're all we're all the same yeah, and uh, I mean it's something that bonds us all and so I, I try to look at that as a, as a positive yeah. of all this. In terms of music obviously this whole pandemic has forced musicians and fans to listen to and to do music so differently as well so once this is over how do you think this is going to affect the music industry in the aftermath? Oh man, uh, I think it's going to change the world in general in every industry, really. Mm -hmm. uh, but the music industry, it's my hope, it's my true hope that people will want to get out more and support live music more yeah. uh, because of the true feeling, because it's hard to get the same feeling off of a, a screen. So I think people are going to really miss getting out there and seeing music. Plus, I think, I hope, um, you know, they're not shooting any movies right now. So I have a feeling that there's going to be a void in the entertainment industry as far as like film and movies and everything like that for people to go out and see. So this might be the year that music can shine. Yeah. You know, that people are at home studying their instruments and writing some really intense songs in these intense times. I think that's what breeds the best songwriting so i hope that next year you know people will i mean music's going to be the source of entertainment and i hope they want to go out to shows and, and it's going to be nerve-wracking it'll totally depend on what happens with the disease you know if it gets to a safe level and we find some sort of cure or some some sort of remedy and a vaccine and then people aren't scared to go out to the shows i think I think people are going to be eager to get the hell out of their house and have some human connection. Yeah. So, but there's also the other side where people aren't going to have the money to go to a live concert and people maybe aren't in the health to risk it. Um, and, you know, these live shows that are going on, like people in their living room are also kind of cool. So I think it opens up a new door to other musicians, like to be like, well, this is a, a avenue to get to new people. Like on our live stream last night, there's people that have never seen Royal Bliss in their entire life. They wouldn't have never heard of us yeah. if it wasn't for us playing this live stream and someone else. Because when you're at a concert, you can't call your friend and be like, oh, check out these guys. You know, it doesn't sound the same. Yeah. Or man, you gotta be here. But whenever you're on Facebook Live or something, you can, or any live platform, hit the share button to be like, you gotta check these guys out. They're really good. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they'll go find the music. So, I don't know. I, it's going to change everything. Uh, but I think we're going to get some soulful music out of it. I really hope. I mean, that's my that's my positive outlook. I know it's going to be some deep, more positive-driven music out of us. Hmm. Where it's like, I, I think the music needs to bring everybody together. It's, it's that time. Okay, so last question. Um, what are some up-and-coming artists that you've been listening to that you think other people should go and check out? Um, Black Moods. Have you heard of the Black Moods? Nope. The Black Moods are awesome. Okay. Uh, they are absolutely just a fun, kick-ass. They're a three-piece, and they are badass. So I would uh, recommend those guys. I like the Joyous Wolf boys. If you've mm -hmm. heard of Joyous Wolf. Yeah, it rings a bell. I think I've come across yeah. it. So... Those are two bands right now off the top of my head. I know I'm forgetting somebody that I should probably mention, but uh, but those are two that we've been we've been 
fortunate enough to share the stage with recently and mm-hmm. be like, wow, these guys are awesome. I know I'm on the spot. Every time I get one of these questions, I I freeze up. I always go like, ah, oh, crap. And I know there's probably, if there's anybody listening, they would be like screaming their band name at me right now. <laughs> Doug, Neil, you dickhead. Well, if you do uh-huh. think of another one, send them over to me and I'll, I'll put like a little link up. Oh, and uh, Blacktop Mojo. I love those guys. Okay. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Follow Royal Bliss on Facebook, on Instagram at Royal Bliss Band, Twitter at Royal Bliss, and go to royalbliss.com for merchandise. Follow Freak on Instagram at FreakJazz666, Twitter at FreakMag666, Facebook at Freak Magazine, and subscribe on YouTube.